This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use and provides general information only and does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs. BT Investment Talk by BT Investment Solutions is a monthly podcast produced exclusively for Australian financial advisors. Our investment experts, together with some of the world's leading fund managers, will provide thought leadership on a wide range of investment topics. Investment Talk is all about looking beyond the numbers, helping advisors cut through the noise, enabling them to have meaningful investment and portfolio construction conversations with their clients. Hi, I'm Matt Harvey, National Key Account Manager and Senior Investment Specialist, and welcome to our final episode of Invest Talk for 2021. I thought it would be good to close out the year by celebrating the three-year anniversary of the Core Series portfolios. And to help me do that, I'm joined by the Core Series Portfolio Manager, Joel Grosvenor. Joel, welcome. Thank you, Matt. Joel, it's nice to, to be back in the studio meeting face-to-face. Congratulations on the milestone. I thought it would be good to give our listeners a sense as to how the portfolios have been performing, some of the changes you have implemented over the last few years, and what your areas of focus will be over 2022. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds great. Good stuff. Well, to kick things off, uh, could you give us a sense as to how the portfolios have been performing since inception relative to their objectives? So the the portfolios were launched in November 2018. So they've just hit their three-year since inception milestone. Uh, over that time period, all the portfolios are above their uh, total return objectives, CPI objectives. And the income portfolio, which also has the annual yield objective, is, uh, is also above that as well. So that, that's pretty pleasing. And I think um, you know, given the environment over that, that time period, it, it speaks to the efforts of the, the whole BTIS team. Uh, equities have been the primary driver of returns over that period. So we've seen you know, double-digit uh, annualized returns from both Australian and international equities, um, but that sort of you know masked some of the volatility that we've seen, uh, particularly over 2020 when we had those sharp equity drawdowns in March. Um, bonds have also uh, contributed positively, um, but more recently they've 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 sort of struggled over this year with um, two of the largest negative returns from a monthly return perspective in you know almost um, 30 years. So um, that's sort of been what's driving the returns so far. Uh, in terms of the active management, um, it's been a very difficult environment for both equity and fixed interest strategies from an active management perspective. Very short-term um, changes in the market sentiment, which you know some of our managers have done really well in. The, those that are more short-term orientated, more growth focused have done well. Um, within international equities, in Australian equities, you know, the more longer term valuation um, focused managers have sort of struggled over this period. But we still think uh, we hold conviction in, in all the managers we have in our portfolio. Um, and we think that you know, it's still a relatively short period of time and one that's been very difficult as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and you touched on that volatility in 2020. And I think one of the key call-outs for me during that period was the rebalancing that you did across the portfolios. And if I recall uh, correctly, there were three rebalances that took place over a period of five months, being February, March, and June. And I think that period was somewhat of a light bulb moment for a lot of advisors as to the benefits of managed accounts, uh, particularly for those advisors still running paper models or, or non-discretionary portfolio services, uh, not only was that rebalancing um, 
accretive in terms of a performance perspective for our clients. But given the trades occurred simultaneously, it resulted in equitable outcomes for all our clients, which is, I think, um, equally important from an advisor's perspective. So outside the rebalancing, has the strategic asset allocation remained stable or have you made changes there also? Well, across the board, the, the, the portfolios haven't really changed their SAAs. Um, they are much more long-term focused. The income portfolio would be one where, because we have that shorter-term annual yield target, we have had to change some of the duration exposure of the portfolio more recently, um, just to sort of reduce the interest rate sensitivity of the, the total portfolio. Uh, but that, um, whilst there hasn't been many changes in terms of the strategic asset allocation, as you mentioned before, you know there has been more rebalancing, in particular over 2020 where we've seen the, the market movements really move the, the portfolio allocations around. So we have been much more dynamic in, in rebalancing back to those targets at really opportune times. And, and it's interesting to see how different um, outcomes could have been if you had just rebalanced you know, a few months later or before. Um, so being able to, to do it when you need to has been really important. Yeah, and, and I think the other key change that you've done to the portfolio since inception has been at the manager level, and we've had a number of manager transitions and just off the top of my head, um, from a global property perspective, we, we've shifted from Heitman to principal, um, and then from a global equities perspective, we've uh, transitioned from River and Mercantile to GuardCap, and for the Wellington uh, blended uh, international share strategy, we've made that 100%. Um, allocated to their global opportunistic value strategy now. And just recently, uh, we, we switched BlackRock to our newly launched multi-strategy alternatives fund. So perhaps it'd be good to talk through, say, the Heitman to principal manager change in more detail to get a sense as to how it works, because I know Core Series is unique to other managed accounts in the marketplace and that you can facilitate these transitions off-platform. Could you just talk us through that example? Yes. So... The majority of uh, unit trusts that we utilize within core series are what we call um, MPS funds. It stands for Managed Portfolio Series Funds. Now these are BT unit trusts where we hold a mandate and we appoint external managers to manage that mandate um, in line with, with the mandate guidelines that we set. Now one of the benefits of that is that when we need to change a manager, uh, we don't have to sell out of one unit trust and buy into another one. Uh, which can you know, realize capital gains or losses and, and give you out of the market exposure as well as it's transitioning. Instead, what we do is we appoint a transition manager to take the current portfolio of securities and trade it into line with the incoming manager's portfolio. And what that means is that there will usually be a portion of that portfolio which they can just in specie transfer without having to trade uh, incur the transaction costs of trading that por that portion of the portfolio. And the rest they will manage through time to try to minimize any market um, and market impact or the costs associated with trading and trying to do that as quickly as possible. And then once that's into line, they'll then hand it on to the incoming manager to then take ownership of the portfolio. So this is sort of common practice within institutional portfolios. It's more of a necessity when you're managing farm at very large scales um, because you can significantly impact the market if you just blindly sell stock. Uh, but it's something I think is a real uh, differentiator in, 
in terms of separately managed account model portfolio, having that ability is going to really prove its worth as the portfolios grow. Yeah, and and that heightened to principal transfer. I understand there was a, a number of overlapping stocks within the mandate, and that enabled the uh, the, the manager to um, take that into consideration, and so reduce the overall transaction that would have otherwise been required. Yeah, I think it was about um, just over thirty percent of the portfolio were able to just transfer in terms of common holdings across the two managers. So. That's great. And lastly, Joel, we've um, seen a pickup in volatility across both equity and bond markets towards the end of this year. Could you give us a sense as to what your areas of focus will be over 2022? Yes, so we expect that over the next 12 to 36 months, it's going to be um, continue to be a very volatile environment as, um, as the economy sort of reopens, as the supply chain issues sort of work themselves out. And we'll get more of a sense of whether the nature of inflation that we're seeing today is more structural or it is transitory. Um, so from our perspective, we think that diversification is going to be really key to managing this environment. And we're going to continue to look as a team for unique strategies that we can put into this portfolio, these portfolios to manage that. Um, the BT multi-strategy alternatives fund is a good example of that, where you know we've now got a multi-strategy fund, which we've built for core series to help navigate this environment and improve the diversification characteristics of the portfolio. That's great. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, markets play out over the year. Uh, That's all we've got time for. Thank you very much for your insights. Congratulations once again on the three-year anniversary to to you and the entire BTIS team. And thank you for listening. Um, I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank our advisors for all their support over the year. And we wish you and your families a safe and enjoyable break over summer. If you'd like more information on our solutions, you can head to our website, bt.com.au forward slash BTIS. Thank you.